0: Whenever I'm in a town I'm not familiar with, when I want to go out to eat, I look on something like Yelp or Table. I'm looking for other customer reviews on what's a good or bad place to eat. What do you do when you're looking for a clinical trial? I'm Jeff Stewart from Cineos Health Consulting. Today on the Cineos Health Podcast, I'll be joined by Dr. Erfan Khan. Dr. Khan is the CEO of Circuit Clinical and the founder of Trial Scout. Dr. Khan's companies help patients leave reviews clinical trials. They can learn what trial sites are near them and which ones are highly rated for their experience. Yelp ratings for clinical trials next on the Sineos Health Podcast. Erfan Khan, welcome to the Sineos Health Podcast. Thanks, great to be here. So you've noticed a particular interesting problem. What is clinicaltrials.gov and how is it a resource that you see as being potentially undermined?
1: Great tool, and it served a very specific role in transparency and letting us see who was doing what research and where, roughly in terms of where in the US. And so, for about 20 years, we've had this database where people have the right to see the kind of research being done and can access it. It's just a tool that has opportunities for improvement when it comes to improving
0: the patient experience. I remember a time when clinicaltrials.gov was not at least readily available or not everyone was participating. So if you wanted to know how many patients were in clinical trials or what clinical trials looked like or what was going on at all or what you wanted to potentially get a patient into, you just didn't know or you couldn't find it easily. You had to look through primary research papers or news articles or whatever. And it just wasn't as easy a space to get to. When clinicaltrials.gov came around, when we did things like forecasting, we at least knew how many patients were in other trials, which isn't the best way to say how many patients are going to be in your own trial. You can be way off. But it gave us something. You're seeing something more there than just patients had a good experience or people like me were able to do a little bit better forecasting. You also see some value that's just there that has never been tapped.
1: That's well put that it served the intended goal of making it easier for us professionals to look at the clinical research landscape and derive some insights in terms of the work we're working on ourselves, whether you're a site or you're a sponsor or a CRO, you could go to clinicaltrials.gov and at least get a general sense of the lay of the land. But if you were a patient, that's a tough journey because the results that you get for clinicaltrials.gov would be a list of trials near you that were happening, but I'm a physician and even I struggle to even pronounce some of the names of the studies that are produced in those study results. So it wasn't a great journey for a patient or a loved one looking for a clinical trial option. So there's opportunities there to improve on it or at least to add value for the people who are on the seeking side, who are looking for a clinical trial. So I think it was a necessary first step. And sitting in that data were some very interesting opportunities.
0: You're also following up on those opportunities, not just academically, but as part of your job. You're the CEO of Circuit Clinical. What is Circuit Clinical and what does it have to do with this particular problem?
1: I trained in Cleveland and was a cardiologist and practiced in upstate New York. And founded Circuit with the idea that there was an opportunity to bring clinical trials to the other 97% of physicians and patients who are out there. And so the idea was to create an integrated research organization that could go into medical practices and give them the turnkey research layer they needed, so nurses and the staff to support, but also a digital platform that made it easier for patients to find their way to a clinical trial and. To and that was the beginning of us creating Trial Scout, which is a rethink of what the search experience and the opportunity to provide patient insights in clinical trials looks like.
0: You now have that experience with bridging essentially what's in the clinicaltrials.gov database to bring something to the patient. I think that that's what you're really interested in, so maybe tell us about it. What it is about the patient experience and why we don't know what patients have experienced in these 5 million plus patients that they have been recorded in clinicaltrials.gov as being, at least in trials, and the trials get done, what is it we're missing?
1: I'll say this. There's an opportunity to do a couple of things. I think it's hard for patients to understand clinical trials as an option. It's difficult for them, once they understand it, to decide, is it right for me? And then if they decide it's right for them and they go somewhere and they participate, to stay interested in it for the life of its problem. I think a pretty uncontroversial statement is that The big problems in getting clinical trials done are finding the patients, having them interested and motivated to enroll, and then keeping them in the study. And so from that familiarity from our work in the site space came Trial Scout and this idea that we know there are 5 million people who've been in clinical trials in the last 10 years of one kind or another across the U.S., and what if they had an opportunity to do what we have with everything else, which is to provide a rating and a review of the experience. Uh, no different than if you went to Open Table and left a review or Yelp or grades to talk about your doctor. And that was the beginning of our work with TrialScout, was to say, we know there is a huge cohort of people who've had the experience, and we know that whenever you and I are online shopping or trying to make a decision online, we want to see what people like us think about things and choose to do. And so TrialScout was built to kind of get at those 5 million patients. And provide them with a place where they could say, hey, I went into this clinical research trial at this particular research center and I had a great experience. That's a powerful thing for the next person thinking about it. That's the core of our
0: work. If I go to a restaurant and I have a meal that's really good and an experience that was really good, or I have a meal that wasn't so good, I might not like the place, but the experience could have been really good. That's almost like a clinical trial, right? You can be on the control arm. So you're going to get negative reviews, if nothing else, for that.
1: Towscat's been live in production for about a year, and we've had thousands of reviews come in, and so we've seen kind of the entire spectrum. Overwhelmingly positive feedback, which I think is a little bit of a surprise to some of my friends in industry. People who've been in trials really have wonderful things to say about the places where they were treated and the idea of being in clinical research and advancing American medicine. It's extremely well-received, and patients want to help the next person thinking about it understand why they should consider it for themselves or a loved one. So this desire to kind of share their voice to help the next person make a decision is high on the list of reasons why they take the time to spend two minutes and leave a rating. What we find is that while there are people who have commentary along things like they wish they'd been picked for the ages, the bulk of the people who are replying are actually people who are in the therapeutic arm. And what they're sharing with is, hey, I went on this journey and it was a positive experience. I was treated with respect. People answered my questions. Coming out of that is this opportunity for those people who've been participants to help the next person decide, which is a very powerful thing.
0: Huh, And that's interesting because if you're a site, you're interested in having the most cutting-edge research in general. But if it's not going to be a very good product, you now have the double whammy of getting bad reviews if it's really not a good product. I hear you that those that responding are more often the treatment arm and they tend to have more of an altruistic and positive review experience. But if you were on the product that didn't work very well, period, (laughs) I'm wondering if you're seeing now an odd selection event where sites have to think more about whether or not they want to participate.
1: What we've seen so far, and it's a large enough data set that has a feeling it's going to trend this way. What we've seen so far is that sites that do a great job of explaining clinical research to their patients are rated highly. If you look at what Scouts out there to capture, it's really not so much, hey, did you have any side effects or any adverse events? Those are outside the terms of service and not parts of things they comment on. What we're really trying to capture is, did you feel well-informed? Were you well-treated? Are things clean and timely? Those kinds of things. And so as a result of the way Scout's feedback engine is architected, We end up with this very useful, actionable group of insights that help sites get better and help sponsors and CROs understand, hey, this trial is going really well over here, but the same trial over here is struggling, and here's probably why. If you look at what the patients are saying about it, here's what the difference seems to be. So you raise an important point, I think, which is what we learned from the early ratings interviews websites, and I think Yelp would be high on the list of ones that have taught us this, is that, You can't just make it the Wild West. You can't just ask for feedback and people can say whatever they want because you'll end up with kind of a muddled set of answers. And so what's helpful is to kind of architect what it is you're trying to learn. And what we found is that in doing that, people are very willing to share that specific feedback actionable and that can make a better experience.
0: That's interesting. And I'm also thinking about what you had said earlier about clinicaltrials.gov being difficult to navigate. I'm used to looking at it. But when we're at least enough in the field that we know enough of enough to know when a trial looks like, oh, that's interesting versus, oh, no, that is not interesting at all. When we at least have that kind of confidence that we can do that, we do that at times for friends and family. We'll look at clinicaltrials.gov and suggest a few trial sites near them. I never even once thought to explain to them how to do it themselves because, I mean, I don't even know where to start with something like that. And I'm curious to hear how you've solved the problem or at least address the problem.
1: Yeah, I'll start with a framing point that I, I like to use a lot when I'm explaining trial scouts to clients and to patient groups and advocacy groups is just run the exact same search. Search on clinicaltrials.gov, the exact same search with location and diagnosis, and then search again on trial scout, www.trialscout.com, and do the exact same search, the exact same locations in terms of the space, and what you'll see is a very different search result. The search result for clinicaltrials.gov will show you what trials are available near you in medical lingo and Trialscout shows you instead something else. We transformed the clinicaltrials.gov dataset to show you what sites near you are doing those trials and that's the first thing you get and as a result of that you can see a five star rating from people like you about that place and see reviews and comments as a result of that. So, that's a very different answer to a very similar question. But if you're a non-medical person, using clinicaltrials.gov to find anything is almost impossible. And yet a lot of patients, the majority of patients, when they're searching online, that's where they end up. Whereas when you use Trial scout, you get an answer to a very simple question. the question we all care about, which is, what do people like me do in this situation? And what do people like me think of that particular choice? So it's built around very familiar West Coast ideas that gave us Yelp and Healthgrade and OpenTable, which is the idea of using trust and transparency from people like you to answer that question.
0: That's the big difference. Hmm. Can't do the product, though. I have to admit, I look mostly at the product. I'll give a not very specific example. If I'm looking up somebody with triple negative breast cancer, and I want to say what trial might be of any use to that patient, and I see something talking about exercise and vitamin C trial, I'm just clicking past it. I'm not even really thinking too hard about it because it's not going to be something that changes the course of disease unless something magic happens. But if I see something that ends in MAB or a Nib, I at least know that it's a drug. And if it's a drug that I see that either is a drug I know that has worked well in other cancers or a drug that is novel and I can do a little bit of digging on it, I can at least say this drug has some very broad promise. I'm not a doctor. I'm 25 years out of working in a cancer lab. So my molecular biology is even old, but I know at least it says MAB. And it says Nib or something like that. And I know that it's a drug, not not a vitamin <laughs> or something like that. Do you lose that?
1: This goes right to who is TrialScout's front-end search engine built for? And what is ClinicalTrials.gov's engine built for? And the front-end of trials.gov is built for people like you and I. You're absolutely an expert in the space. I'm an expert. We know these general framings. We know how to look for these things. But let's take a step back and think about the fact that health is the second most common search term on the net. and Of that, a chunk of that is people who either would be aware or want to be aware of their clinical trial options, but they don't even know how to find it. That person can't do anything with the search results they're getting from clinicaltrials.gov. They can't take a next step. In fact, even the location fields are not live linked on the front search results on clinicaltrials.gov. So we put ourselves in the heads of people who don't have a science background, who aren't in the medical field or anything like that, but they care about somebody and they found out that that person has a serious diagnosis and they want to be useful and they want to see what could we do for them. Here you can go and get an answer to the question, is there a clinical trial that's right for this person? Honestly, 95% of Americans have almost no visibility to clinical trials, and there's still a lot of legacy ideas that people hold about clinical trials that make it hard for people to choose research as a care option. And if we're going to change that, what we need to do is provide everybody with some basic tools that tell them, here's where you can go, here's the people like you think about that place, Here's how it's worked out for other people. The experts, I think, have a good set of tools that could be improved and refined. But I think the vast majority of us don't have anything that they can use on a daily basis to kind of either answer a question for themselves or for a loved one. So that's really where we see that role. And that's probably the path to how do we get those 5 million people who've already been in a research trial to spend two minutes and kind of tell other people like them what it's about. We started a hashtag campaign called Find the Five which is all about this idea. And we've had broad support from our friends in industry and in the patient advocacy community. Trials out won at the Participant Engagement Award at SCOPE this year all around this Find the 5, five campaign. And the idea is just that you're absolutely right, that there is a layer of expert information lost in it, but what's gained is the ability to talk to millions of people, those who've been in trials and those who are thinking about it.
0: Wonderful. How do you keep, and this is obviously a problem with Yelp, how do you keep fake reviews off the site? I mean, if I'm a trial investigator and I want to make sure the trials come to me and not to my, my friend, maybe I'd put some one-star reviews.
1: The sites ask us about this a lot because what's really being reviewed is the nature of that research site, whether it's a large academic medical center like Roswell Park or it's a brick-and-mortar site or something in between, maybe a physician's office. They're all very worried about the possibility of fake reviews. And so the team that built trial Scout knows a lot about this stuff. Circuit's executive chairman is Kerry Hicks, who was the founder and CEO of Healthgrades right up until its acquisition. And Circuit's CTO is his brother, David Hicks, who was the founding CIO of Healthgrades. So we come to the understanding of how do you get transparency and patient reviews and yet monitor for those kinds of things. And then certainly we've learned a lot. Everybody's learned a lot about how to track and deal with bots and fake reviews. So certainly that's all baked into the DNA. And then the most important thing is that reviews on Trial Scout don't go live right away. They go into a tank, and every single one of them is reviewed by human eyeballs to make sure that it doesn't violate the terms of service. So you're right. You have to account for these things as you get to a transparent space. So that's part of the credibility that patients find in it.
0: Seems like it's not quite to the blue check mark level of knowing that it's actually the person, but you get at least take off the obvious, I don't know, trolls.
1: Yeah. And another part of that is how do you weight ratings? So one of the trade offs that people are willing to make is that if you, want to leave a review and say something about that site, you have to leave a fair bit of information. We don't publish it, but you do give your name and email in that process. And so there's this trade-off. And as our as precision for is just a real person filling out a real form increases, the weight of their rating increases as well.
0: Do you see any other benefits to patients and to clinical trial sites and clinical trials from having people do these surveys of clinical trials?
1: One thing I can share that might be a positive to end on is that what we have already learned is that just asking somebody for their opinion has a strong impact on two interesting things. One is for sure it impacts their compliance. They're less likely to miss the next visit if they're asked to rate, even if they rate high or low, they tend to come to the next visit. And that extrapolates that to an impact on retention, which is obviously a sweet spot problem in, uh, in clinical trials.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the two big problems, site recruitment or recruitment of patients, and then retaining those patients. And so it sounds as though you've provided a valuable tool to get the latter. So well done. Thank you. Erfan Khan, tell me, where do we find you before we close?
1: I'm easy to locate. I'm on LinkedIn. My first name, Erfan, I-R-F-A-N, at circuitclinical.com is an easy way to get in touch with me. And if you're curious to see for yourself, visit Trialscout, com and try out the engine yourself. And if you've been in a trial or have taken care of somebody who was in a trial, take two minutes and leave a rating. It makes a difference.
0: All right. Erfan Khan, thanks for joining us on the Cineos Health Podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. That's all for today's episode of the Sineos Health Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stewart from Sineos Health Consulting. If you want to talk through a hard decision you're making at your life sciences company, you may email me at podcast at If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For access to more future-focused, actionable life sciences insights, visit the Cynios Health Insights Hub at insightshub.health. Cynios Health, shortening the distance from lab to life.